After discovering how underserved most communities are in primary preventative care, our next guest's mission is to revolutionize on-demand access to healthcare and unlock the full potential of telehealth so patients can receive the affordable and high-quality care they deserve. Anthony Capone, president of DOCO, joins us to discuss how he and his team are transforming healthcare through peerless innovation and on-the-ground care. While together, Anthony shares why DOCO is deploying a workforce of full-time traveling clinicians and proprietary AI-powered software that is dramatically improving healthcare accessibility and cost for millions of patients across the United States. Join us for this important and timely conversation to discover how Anthony and the determined and passionate team at DOCO are redefining on-demand access to healthcare. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Anthony, a big, big welcome to our podcast. I'm thrilled to meet up with you today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, given your storied background of founding five companies from startup to acquisition and your unwavering passion for redefining on-demand access to healthcare, I'm looking forward to discussing all of this and more. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Anthony, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the DocGo team are transforming healthcare with peerless innovation and on-the-ground care. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Understand that most, most things have been done before. So when you get in and you want to become a pioneer and you want to, to change things, Try and understand what has already been tried, because oftentimes the key thing that happens with most people who are innovative is they get so in love with their ideas that they begin to start from scratch. They reinvent the wheel. Better to try and understand what has been tried, what didn't work and why it didn't work, and then iterate from there, because the reality is solving something that's as complicated as healthcare is a very big challenge. And so you need all of the opportunities to be successful. So if you can take those opportunities from other people's learnings, whether that be on reimbursement or that be on scope of practice or whether that be on any area that has to do with your basic unit economics, you'll have the ability to stand on top of the shoulders of others as opposed to just starting from scratch yourself. Anthony, I absolutely love it. There's so much to unpack there because you're hitting on things. You know, you and I, I know we get to mentor and advise a lot of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and founders that are building great companies. You, of course, and the Doc Go team, we're going to dive in and talk more about the journey there as well. But there's so much to unpack there that I couldn't agree more with you on. And it's notion of failing to succeed, whether that be personal failure, whether it's our own failures that we've gone through, or like you said, taking a really hard look in the marketplace of who has failed, where the failures happen and build on that, pivot from them 
and really apply that to exactly what you just mentioned, uh, where you can build a sustainable business. How important has that been for you through your journey? And uh, not just personal failure, but of course, as you just mentioned, seeing and understanding failure in the marketplace as well. It's critical. It's critical. It's the most important part of life is failure. The single most important part of life. And what we try and do in our business is have, and I recommend this for everyone, is to have a diverse team and, and not just diversity from the more cliche perspective of, you know, the color of one's skin or a gender, diversity of opinions. So we have people who are purely from the software perspective and have no background when it comes to healthcare, mixed with people who have been in the trenches and in the industry for so long, they know what's happened, but they might be a little bit burned. And so innovation might not be the core of their DNA right now. And you mix those people who are maybe a little bit too innovative and too optimistic with people who are maybe a bit too pessimistic because they've been in the industry for 30, 40 years. And the outcome of that tends to be something that is not only a disruptor, but is also a true value add. Absolutely love it. So many great points in there. So many great things to think about as, as many of us that are rallied around this podcast are thinking about and building new technology, new innovation to move the healthcare industry forward. And speaking of, Anthony, we're going to come back in just a moment to talk about all the wonderful work that you are helping lead with the .go team after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Anthony Capone, president at DOCO. Anthony, thank you so much for setting the stage on the front end of this podcast. So many good tidbits, so many great pearls of wisdom from somebody that's been there, that's done that. And I'm sure, Anthony, you've bought several t-shirts along the way with your journey. Joking aside, we have a lot to unpack today, a lot to cover. Really looking forward to having your story shared with our community. We're going to talk in a moment of where you guys are with DOCO. Amazing news coming out of your camp, where you see things heading, not just for DOCO, but the industry as well, right? There's a lot of things that have been changing over the past number of years with, with the pandemic, and things are only going to continue to accelerate in regards to change. From my perspective, this is all very good. But before we all go there and figure out how we can be helping you, let's take it back a bit. Let's rewind the clock. Anthony, you guys have been at it now for a little over five years with DOCO. How'd this all come to be? You're a serial entrepreneur. You founded several companies. You've had them acquired. Now you're on the DotGo journey. Let's start there. How did DotGo come to be in the first place? Well, DotGo actually started as a company called Ambulance, and that was formed about six years ago. And our CEO, Stan Vashovsky, he was having, he'd been a paramedic for over 28 years, volunteer paramedic here in New York City. And his father was undergoing a end-stage disease and being transported from Long Island 
to uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Institute here in New York City. And the transportation kept getting screwed up, just couldn't get it, kept missing treatments. And, you know, you all know that when you have a loved one and they're end stage disease and they're missing treatments, how frustrating, how terrible of an experience that is. So he started to see, okay, is there a way for us to improve this? Can we get better at that? And from there, you know, we linked up my background is in computational learning theory, which is a subset of artificial intelligence. And so when trying to figure out, and this comes to trying to really understand the industry, my first comment there, how can you improve that? Well, why isn't it working today before I just go in and find a solution? Well, if I want to improve it, the reason it's, it's this unique industry where in ambulance transportation, you pay people minimum wage, the patients get poor satisfaction, hospitals get poor service, and the companies don't make any money. So it's this unique lose, lose, lose scenario. So how do you improve that? Well, people are already making minimum wage. So you're not going to drive down cost and you can't increase your reimbursement because Medicare is fixed. So what can you do? Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And so we built out our own technology. We have over 40, actually at this point, over 50 people on our software engineering team and all of our tech is built in-house. That's the dispatching system, the optimization routing algorithms, the billing system, all of the components that have to do with tracking and transparency and reporting, all built in-house. And so we focused on was efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. If I can have an ambulance that will do more transports in its shift than how it's historically doing, that's got dropped straight to the bottom line. And so because it drops straight to the bottom line, I can now pay my people more because I'm making more money. I can invest more. I can give patients better satisfaction. So we did that for about three years. And we recognized after we kind of got to the point where our hypothesis was proven and we were making money, we we're paying our people significantly more than industry average and our patient satisfaction scores were very high. We said, well, healthcare, it's not just health transportation, medical transportation, it is medicine, which is broken. We said, well, how could we impact medicine? How could we improve medicine? And a lot of that had to do with being able to deliver all types of care on-site, an on-site type setting. To deliver mobile care is a big part of the solution. Well, who better to deliver mobile healthcare than a company that already has thousands of EMTs and paramedics in vehicles and, you know, a quarter of the country with the whole logistics backbone and procurement and dispatching system, who better to go and try and solve that than us, this tech-first ambulance company? And that's when DocGo came about, and we began launching into our mobile healthcare section. Fast forward to today, the mobile healthcare division, which includes doing, you know, urgent care visits in the home, homeless treatment, like we have a, the largest homeless medical program here in New York City um, that's ever been done, hundreds and hundreds of people over 230 homeless shelters that we service uh, from a medical perspective. We have contracts with payers where we work and we do care gap closure for payers. All of that goes into what we call our mobile health offering. And so if you fast forward to today, and it's all public knowledge now, we just actually did our quarterly earnings release a couple days ago, and it's more than 70% of our revenue of the whole company comes from mobile health and only 30, less than 30% comes from this ambulance transportation, which is where we started. Well, thanks for that. And we're going to go there in just a moment and talk about mobile health. Anthony, it's a huge movement. I've been fortunate to spend time with healthcare executives across the country, just like yourself with your business. And we hear time and time again, I know you do as well, is meet the member, meet the consumer where they want to be met, right? So we're going to come back to that in just a moment and talk current state and where things are with DOCO. I'm very passionate about mobile care and, and again, meeting that consumer, meeting that member where they want to be. But let's go back. I'm so curious about kind of how this all got started in the first place. You would think that the ambulance industry is riddled with orthodoxy of, Anthony, this is how it's always been done. 
why would we want to make this tech enabled? This is how it's always been done. And it's a very stable industry. We've been having ambulances on the road for decades. Was it because of your co-founder's vision or because you guys teamed up with your unique skill sets that you saw that opportunity to leverage technology to drive those operational efficiencies? What was it like when you guys first got going to really bring those skill sets together to really help reinvent and, and like you said, streamline a very how do I say this, not antiquated, but an industry where this is how it's always been done. What were some of those early conversations like? Oh, I mean, we brought in a lot of industry experts and we actually started by acquiring some companies to attain licenses. And so we had a very traditional ambulance company. We started in Los Angeles where we were running and a frequency by which people would say, well, no, 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 no. You can't incentivize people differently. You can't pay because we pay all of our field staff a good healthy base rate, but then also per transport, per encounter, per visit. So they get a large bonus. It aligns the company and aligns the incentives. It aligns the incentives of the company and the employee. And the amount of times that we would people would come and say, no, 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 you can't change that. People, all they want is their hourly rate. That's it. You're not going to incentivize them to try and, and work more. It's not going to work with this group of people. Or when they said, well, you're never going to get hospitals to use your technology. They're too traditional. They just want to call on the phone. Fast forward to today, almost all our transports are procured via our online procurement system. You're not going to get the all the medical charting to be done in real time. That doesn't exist in the healthcare sector. Everybody does it in delay, retrospective. All of our charts are done before people go off shift. They're reviewed, charted, and coded before they go off shift. And to all the pioneers, all the, the people who are listening in this call, if I can give you one piece of advice to actually be successful, do not underestimate how intelligent your billing system needs to be. That all the great tech, all the other stuff in the world, all the services you want to deliver and your brand, even your software that you're doing for whatever that specific services you're doing, great, good stuff. But what will actually make your company successful is understanding billing to its most quantifiable elemental level. And so when we got into it and, you know, we said uh, constantly saying, oh, well, you can't change the compensation. You're not going to change how people order so you can increase efficiency. You're not going to be able to introduce these new ideas into this traditional space. Just kept saying, well, all right, we'll try. And Stan and I, our comment back was just like, all right, well, maybe it won't work. We'll try. Let's just try. Let's just see. What's the harm? We'll try for 30 days. We'll try for 60 days. And a bunch of our ideas didn't work. Probably most of them didn't work. But we, we observed. We looked. We looked at the data. We said, okay, it did have a positive impact on utilization. It did have a positive impact on reducing dispatch time because they're ordering themselves digitally. And so we kept doing it. And that's kind of how we built the company today. Probably 150 of those little tiny scientific experiments. I love it. I love it. There's nothing wrong with trying things, failing fast where you need to, right? It sounds like you guys definitely embody that inside as part of your guys' culture, but where you do find those opportunities to success, pour the gasoline on them and, and help them scale. So love kind of setting the stage there. So Anthony, let's now talk current state with it. You mentioned it, you teed it up, you know, large chunk, your 70% of your business now is this mobile care before we dive into today and how well it's going and some of the specific things you guys are offering, where were the aha moments? And more importantly, when were those aha moments to say, wait a minute, there's something here with this mobile care. When and how did those light bulbs start going off? I think the biggest light bulb that went off for me was looking at the, I didn't realize until we started doing research how underserved most Americans are when it comes to primary preventative care and how that ends up resulting in emergent, acute, urgent care. 
and the correlation between those two. Because most people, if you're on Medicaid, even if you're on most Medicare plans, ACH plans, or you're indigent Medicaid, you the concept of a primary care provider doesn't really exist. And so for somebody to actually coordinate your care so that you can deal with your chronic condition, so that you can have preventative care relative to maybe your hereditary predispositions, that that doesn't exist. Sure, you and I who might have commercial insurance, no problem getting a PCP, not an issue. But somebody who's Medicaid where that PCP visit is only going to be $20, $30, $40 for the visit. It's not worth it for a physician to bring people into their practice for that, which means they don't get primary care because the reimbursement isn't good enough, which means they'd end up not getting care until they go into the emergency room. And so because our model leverages very lower cost providers, EMTs, paramedics, LPNs, we then uptrain, we have the ability to have a much lower cost basis. Because we have a much lower cost basis and we're mobile, now our addressable market is almost everybody. You know, we probably brought in 15% of our revenue last quarter from homeless people who didn't have insurance. And so we figure out how to generate our business model that can serve everybody, but also is worthwhile from an investment perspective. That is incredible, Anthony. Thank you for setting the stage. I have so many questions there. Would it also be true, and you mentioned, right? So you may have a patient that's on Medicaid and can't afford the 20 or $30 event may not be worth it. Would it also be true that that potential Medicaid patient, she or he, can't physically get to the doctor's office to have the point of care and that opportunity to be seen? So therefore, flipping it on its head, is DocGo filling that need in that space as well? Absolutely. And you're right. That is a big, big factor. You know, mobility issues, you translate into accessibility and accessibility translates directly into use. And so if they're not using the medical providers for preventative cases, then they're just going to wait until they're no longer preventative and they're, they're acute. And so when you think about, perfect example, we have all these mobile clinics that we bring over outside of NYSHA housing projects. NYSHA housing project, that's the largest housing projects in the United States, uh, New York City public housing projects. And so many of those people, they have a lot of mobility issues because of chronic conditions or age. And so the fact that they can just walk right outside and at the curb, there's a bus and one of our mobile urgent care buses has been retrofitted so that it can do the primary care, it can do the urgent care when they come on. That is a big, big differentiator when it comes to will they get the preventative care or will they not get the preventative care? And in regards to that bus, take us into the mobile unit, take us into the DOCO team members that are offering care. What are we looking at, Anthony? So if I'm walking into that bus, it's parked in front of where I'm living. What services are you offering? What would be the experience for me as a patient walking to that mobile unit? The first thing that most people come in, they'll, they'll get a physical, just a basic physical. And then from the physical, they'll get a blood workup. That's kind of to create what we call a baseline. So they get their baseline to understand where they fit and what they might have. What, you know, immediately you might realize through the basic physical, the basic blood work that they have high blood pressure, that they're pre-diabetes, they have you know, some sort of chronic condition that they're not yet aware of. 50% of people, as an example, crash into end-stage renal disease. That means they didn't know they had end-stage renal disease. They get kidney failure and they show up in the hospital. We catch those things. And then by creating that baseline, we then have the ability to provide them with care immediately right then and there. It might be that in New York City, as an example, one of the big programs we have with the homeless is they'll come onto the bus and they will have an abscess. So they'll have an abscess. We will drain the fluid, we'll stuff, and we'll suture. And we have teams of people that not only are on the bus, but actually walk and rove the streets. They roam the streets and on the curb, they'll do suturing right then and there. 
And they'll also do all of that with a social worker so they can get the person placed into a shelter. So those programs are, you know, really more geared towards the homeless individuals, but even the non where we work with employers, we will, for employers, bring one of our clinics because an employer may not rationalize giving up, you know, 1,500 square feet of their building for an on-site clinic. That's okay. We will bring a bus. It's a retrofitted, beautiful-looking, urgent care bus that we can pull up right in front of the office. The employee's schedule, it can be there one, two, three, four, five days a week. And they can come on that bus and they can get their blood draw. They can get their med reconciliation. They can get their prescriptions. They can get their diabetic retinal exam. They can get their vaccinations that they might need. All of that, they can get imaging so that let's say that they are having pain and they think they may have a hairline fracture. All of that, they can come in and we can manage that near side, right where they are need to be, whether that's a low-income individual at a nice housing project or somebody that's homeless or somebody who it's just for convenience purposes directly outside of their employer. What an exciting time for you and the team, Anthony, and thank you for sharing that. You know, also, and maybe it isn't part of your service offering, but I'll ask it anyway, because as you know, these past couple of years have been the epidemic within the pandemic has been mental and behavioral health. What does that look like in the DocGo family? Is that something that you guys are taking on? Maybe let our audience know where are things with the mental and behavioral health within your guys' offering? Yeah, it's a solution that we try and be a one-stop shop. So the entire continuum of care. Most of the interactions that we have, they'll start with a virtual visit. So you go through one of our, you know, we have our own telehealth solution. And through that telehealth solution, individuals will receive that consult. And from there, they can be linked up with a therapist, with a psychiatrist, as well as our municipal programs where it goes to the homeless outreach or the underserved. Those all have social workers with them. And so not only the social workers, but the nurses which are there are additionally trained on determining behavioral issues, specifically around ones where somebody is a danger to themselves or a danger to others. And so being able to get them, you know, kind of admitted to a facility for for treatment. And we have the ability, because we're also, keep in mind, you know, 30% of our business, we're still one of the largest ambulance and medical transportation companies in the United States. And so if they do need to be transported anywhere because they're going to go to specialized care, we can also do that because we're a medical transportation company. So it starts with that virtual visit becomes a mobile health on-site visit, and then could very much follow up with a referral to a more specialized institution like detox, rehab, psychiatric care. Awesome. Thank you for that. So, Anthony, of course, we can talk business model, how things are going with the business all day long, really important. But what I'd also love to chat about is the impact you're having on people in our communities across this country. What's that feedback that you and the team have been receiving from the people that you guys get to deliver care in this amazing model? What's that feedback been from those types of patients? Well, I can tell you just statistically speaking, we have something called an NPS survey where everybody who's going through our system, which is called HealthPoint, that's our like our patient-facing EMR, they register for our system, they receive care. And in that system, they rate, they rate their experience. They give us feedback right on the spot. And we have an NPS score that's over 90, which in healthcare is... I mean, really, in any case, that an NDMPS, it's, I've never had that in any of my previous companies. I wish I had. But, you know, we have that. And a lot of that is because many of the places that we're servicing, they have such terrible health care today that the bar is set so low that when we can come in there, they're unbelievably grateful. You know, it's time and time again. And on some days, we'll do between 20 and 50,000 patient interactions a day. And so there's a lot of feedback that comes in and the demographic stratification is 
vast. You'll have feedback that's coming from someone who is an unsheltered homeless person all the way up to somebody who is a, you know, receiving some sort of concierge care as a commercial member of an employer. And so we get the feedback all across the board and it's still at that 90, you know, that 90 plus MPS. And a lot of kind of the more specific feedback that I, I, everyone in our company has to work in the field one day a month, everyone, every software engineer, every, everyone, everyone has to go and work in one of these mobile urgent cares or work on an ambulance or whatever, one day a month. And the feedback, you know, you see personally when you're there is that the care we're giving them, they wouldn't have received. It's not like it was better than what I could have had elsewhere. I wouldn't have done it. I would not have had that care. I would have just kept prolonging. I would have probably crashed in to the hospital with end-stage renal disease. I wouldn't have had my yearly physical. I wouldn't have had my yearly mammogram. I wouldn't have had my yearly colonoscopy. And that is a game changer when it comes to the outcomes of, of patient health. And then, of course, Anthony, I got to ask, right? I mean, you guys are making impact on such large scale, like you said, upwards of 50,000 encounters on, a, on the daily. What does this mean for you, Anthony? Like, this is amazing impact on the health of our nation. How has this impacted you personally, right? I mean, this has got to be such a humbling experience. What has this journey been like for you personally, Anthony? Learning, learning. Every day I, I realize how little I know. I would say the, the, the more days that go on, the less I realize I know. But I am extraordinarily encouraged because I'm surrounded by a team that is absolutely remarkable. I cannot overstate the team of both clinicians, of software developers, of operations staff that every single day are out there delivering the care. It's just fuel for me. It's, it's why even though on those days where it's just too much, it's too intense, we have we have just, you know, DACO has over 5,000, you know, people out in the field. You know, every day these providers are out there, thousands and thousands of people across three countries, 26 states. I mean, it's, it's a lot sometimes to take in when things kind of cascade. But the reason it keeps going is because I see the dedication and devotion towards helping people. And then you see the results of helping those people when they come in and say, hey, I would have definitely gone to a very subpar hospital emergency room and waited for five hours to get treated. And you just came there and you treated me like a human being, giving them concierge level care that usually is reserved for people who are very wealthy. We're doing it for somebody who has Medicaid, treating them like a person, not making them interrupt their job, potentially lose their job because they have to go to the hospital. And we have the ability to, to give them that not only care, but that sense of dignity uh, where we come to give them. So the reason why I would say that I can keep going and keep doing what I'm doing is that the incredible team that is so unbelievably devoted towards trying to dramatically improve healthcare accessibility and the cost of healthcare in the United States. So powerful. So powerful. Well, thanks for sharing that and, and giving our audience a taste of what it's like to lead with passion and be you know surrounded by incredible leaders that you guys have a part of the DocGo family. All right, Anthony, I'm grabbing my crystal ball off the desk over here. We're going to look a little future state. You know, as we said on the front end, things have been changing rapidly for the healthcare industry. It's going to continue to do so. I personally, I'm very, very bullish on mobile care, taking care back to the home, taking care back where that member or consumer is. Crystal ball time, Anthony. Where are things heading for not only the industry in this space specifically, but then, of course, for the DOCO team? Give us a lookout call, say, two to three years. What's inside the crystal ball? For sure, there's going to be a continual drive towards value-based care and reducing cost. So reducing cost and 
I would hope to think improving patient outcomes, but I think that's definitely going to come second to actually just reducing cost. And so in reducing cost, you're going to see that a lot of the large fixed site institutions that have misaligned incentives are going to just simply become less used because the pandemic, you know, COVID has made people much more acutely aware of getting a treatment or getting a test or getting any type of medical care outside of those fixed four walls. And so when you look forward to the future, what you're going to have, I believe, is significantly more analytics around predictive analytics based on not only claims data, but genetic information to build treatment protocols for individuals that are very precise and to get, deliver that kind of precise medicine, deliver that kind of treatment plan, you're going to need to have a large mobile component, which is going to people and helping people uh, manage their chronic conditions and manage the, uh, what their hereditary predispositions are. So the cost is definitely going to continue to come down because it's so, there's a bubble of inflation in healthcare. It's so unbelievably unnecessarily expensive in almost every angle. There's almost no angle, whether you're looking from the payer, the pharmaceutical, you're looking from the even the provider side, every single angle is hyperinflated right now for cost relative to what the actual expense is, that you're going to see that cost come down through additional value-based care arrangements, combined with the fact that I do expect that there is going to become increasing amounts of personal financial responsibility. So you're going to move towards that disaster-level health plan where you're paying for majority of the stuff out of the pocket. Well, I'm going to set the crystal ball aside. Thank you for that, Anthony. And it you're spot on. I mean, these things are unsustainable where we're currently at. These are going to be market forces that we're going to have to react to. We can't keep doing what we've been doing for the past 20, 30 years. It simply isn't working. So thank you for that. We're going to set this crystal ball aside. And now we're going to bring it back to current state again. And more importantly, an opportunity to help you and the Doc Go team out. We have an amazing, amazing community rally around this podcast on the weekly. What's one problem need or question that you and the team have that our community can be helping you guys with? If you work for any type of healthcare institution, reach out to us because I guarantee you, anyone who knows me knows that my word is what I stand behind through and through. I guarantee you that if you work for a healthcare institution, we can help both reduce the cost significantly with a at least three to one, usually closer to a 10 to one return. And we can do that in a way that is very low risk for the healthcare organization and a very high benefit for the patients. So a win-win-win scenario is what we try to achieve because we are bred from a industry which is a lose-lose-lose. So we had to figure out how to do that, how to make that efficient, how to both deliver high quality of care, but at a low cost in a manner which is highly accessible. And so because we're here today, we have an offering which I believe can offer value to almost any healthcare institution that's out there. So reach out to us and I'm sure we can either reduce admissions, we can reduce ER visits, we can reduce chronic care episodes, all of that we can help with. Well, I know those leaders are tuning in. I'm friends with quite a few of them and I know they're going to be very interested in, in being able to connect. So being able to do that, Anthony, where can we find you online, social media handles, websites or otherwise? How do we connect with our community and you? Well, obviously our website is .go.com and anybody can always reach me at Anthony at .go. So pretty simple to reach me. I am not huge in social media, but my LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of time. So connect with me on LinkedIn and happy to take it offline and, and go a little bit deeper into the offerings. 
Love it. And for our community, just simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player to find those contact points for Anthony and the DocGo team. Of course, you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com to find a post for this episode where you can also leave comments, feedback, and suggestions or otherwise for Anthony and the team, as well as those contact points. Again, over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. Anthony, this is great stuff. I really appreciate all of the look into the DocGo journey, where you guys are at, where things are heading, and of course, how we can be helping you. One more piece on this podcast, and we'll get you out of here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because it is my duty to help people. I love it. Short, but sweet and very powerful. I love it. It is true. You guys are doing incredible work, Anthony. This has been an absolute honor to be able to take a pit stop with you and be able to share the DocGo journey with our community. Thank you for taking the time for sharing with us. We certainly look forward to being in touch and seeing where things are heading with you and the team. Do stay in touch. Keep us posted. But for now, Anthony, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.